0: Oh, it's on. Yup, there she be. Ladies and gentlemen, JD's and lentlemen. If you guys haven't seen that on TikTok, then this dude is pretty funny. I'll explain in a second. But welcome back to the Culvert show. We are here for another episode. And folks, let me tell you, it's it's been been a little bit of a minute. Once again, we're in a very clustered time schedule conflict. This one is kind of nick induced. Um it's just, it's been a lot of stuff, man. I mean, we got a whole lot to cover today. We've got just pretty much everything across the board. I mean, we're going to dive into some MLB because the wild card race, especially in the National League, is just out of this world. We'll kind of touch on that later. NFL football getting ready to kick off here in about a week. But, guys, the one biggest thing, and also here's the here's the fun fact before I get into the last biggest thing. Currently, your boy last night, Um, we had a little bit of a ban for some reason on PlayStation. And so then we ended up getting, tried to do three solo games, two of which left immediately, like lost connection with opponent within seconds. So then I got boosted up super high in MLB the show. Then I won a 15 inning game last night. Currently I am sitting at 697 in MLB the show. So we got that going. We're just, it's going to be a total cluster here. So we're going to see who we got to throw. But guys, this has been the biggest part of it college football is freaking back ladies and gentlemen it is so exciting my favorite time of the year because not only does that mean that college football is back not only does that mean that nfl is back and fantasy football is back guys hunting season is right around the corner and if anybody has listened to the show you guys know me i hunt for a living i pretty much do that's all i do when it comes to the fall we're gonna throw framber valdez he's gonna get a start today but that's pretty much all I do in the fall. I am hunting 24-7 pretty much, so we're doing that. Now, with that being said, as I we have some bush lattes on the good old pod today. Interesting team that I am playing here as well. Guys, Nick is moving out. So this apartment, this backdrop that you see, which that flag might fall. Speaking of which, that flag has been to Wrigley Field and seen two Cubs wins. We'll get to that. We're dropping shit everywhere. I'm bouncing around the board like a freaking Energizer bunny today, folks. We're, we're just getting into it. But Nick has ended up moving back to Winterset. We've had a little bit of some changes going on here. So Nick is moving back to Winterset. So the original apartment that you guys saw when we first started really doing clips with videos to post on socials, that apartment is coming back. So we're going to hop into this one. This dude is 101 and 77. I'm 53 and 44, I think. This is going to be bad. So, yes, Nick is currently moving. He's getting that all situated. I'm actually moving on Friday. So, oh, Lou Brock? That ball's kind of laced, but that's going to be too high for a ball, and that's right to the outfielder. But I ended up moving, so this is getting recorded on August 24th. I'm moving into the apartment tomorrow, August 25th, so that Friday. Um, Parents are coming down and helping me out, so shout-out to them for coming down and helping me for the weekend. And then... On Sunday at six AM, bright and freaking early, I am going to Wyoming for a job. And then I am going to Colorado for a job. So I'm gonna be gone for three weeks. We got a solo episode tonight. JC's coming back next week to do a solo episode. So we'll kind of bounce around the board. We'll keep you guys updated. We'll make sure we got some content for you guys and just enjoying time. Why did I swing at that with Chase Utley? We got two outs in this, by the way. But yeah, so I'm moving. Next podcast will be in a new apartment for me whenever I get back, so that'll be fun. And Chase Utley lines out, so we're 0 for 3 on the day. But anyways, let's, let's just jump right into this. First off, after the whole move, that flag that you see behind me has been to Wrigley Field. That has seen two Cubs wins. We'll get to that later because that actually matters when it comes to the standings. But now, folks, for the moment that I have all been butt-waiting for, I don't know how much you guys are. I don't know how much you guys are as more of college football fanatics than I am. If we have some on the podcast, please let us know. Like if you see this, because I'll post a lot of clips from social or on social media about college football and fantasy and stuff like that. So here we go. Week one. Currently, if I can get a schedule pulled up here, week one starts literally tomorrow or on Saturday. So, Saturday, August 26 he's got Ellie De La Cruz sitting at first. This is going to be very interesting. There he takes off. He is not hosed. Excellent. So, as it starts tomorrow, current games are on Saturday. Excuse me. Games on slate. Navy versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame is ranked there thirteen in the country. I will go through the top 25 here in a second. UTEP versus Jacksonville State. UMass versus New Mexico State. Ohio-San Diego State. Hawaii, Vandy, San Jose State versus the number six team in the country and the former and reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, at the helm. And then Florida State, or Florida International and Louisiana Tech round out the weekend games. So there's a decent slate of games for teams that are not in the in the Power 5 conferences. Notre Dame is one there, and then the Pac-12, which is also breaking up. We'll talk about that in a second as well. USC trying to make a run in their final season in the Pac-12 before they move to the Big Ten. So, with that being said, we'll round out the college football rankings at the moment. So, this is all NCAA. This is within the first couple of weeks of the season here. This just got released about a week ago. So, we'll go through it here. And I'm going to pause this real quick because i got two minutes. Sitting in your top five, this goes one through five. Georgia number one, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, LSU. That's your top five. Georgia, the reigning national champs. And then everybody else made playoff appearances, big bowl games last year. Going through 6 through 10. USC, Penn State, Florida, Clemson, Washington. Now rounding out the rest of the top 25, going in order from 11 all the way down to 25. Texas, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon, K-State, TCU, Oregon State, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Iowa, and then, or Tulane, and then for all you Iowa fans, you guys round out. The spot at 25. Do I understand that slightly? Because I was always got a pretty decent team. They're scrappy. They're ranked at the top 25. A couple of picks that I'm really kind of interested in seeing on how this goes. I'm going to start with my number 11 team in the country that I am a slight fan of. But really, it's just one of those things that it's it's got to be talked about because they're... Oh, no. Ellie De La Cruz is going to score on that. The hose is not there. That's fine. So, anyways... I'm going to start with the number 11 team of the country, Texas. Now, can I see this going this way? Absolutely. Texas is a good team, but here's the big factor of it. They lost B. John Robinson in the draft within the last year. He is currently playing for the Falcons. He should be a pretty decent rookie this year and make that potential run maybe at a rookie of the year if he plays his cards right. I've given up two base hits and a run. Now, looking at Texas's schedule, you got Rice leading off, which they usually do. Alabama ranked number four. This one's going to be in Tuscaloosa. So this isn't even in Austin this year, which last year, everybody knows that Bryce Young had some late-game heroics, ended up winning the game for Bama. Go figure. There was a play that was involved that was intentional grounding that was not called and called back. So am I a little butthurt about it? Absolutely, but I think every Texas fan is, so it's not just me. Juan Soto pops that one foul. Wyoming is your next pick so they could potentially start out two and two and one. Do I see them potentially putting up a fight against Bama? Absolutely I do, but here's the thing. You are now going into an SEC battle in Tuscaloosa, which you will play within the next couple of years here because next year Texas moves over. And the Big 12, they've added four teams. They've added Houston, who's on Texas' schedule. That's an away game. BYU, who's a home game. Cincinnati and then Central Florida, who are not being played by Texas this year. So the Big 12 now has four different schools coming in, two schools leaving. As I get ready to hit here with Trevor Story. That's a ball. So, Baylor could be a win, potentially. um, As well, Baylor just a very tough defensive team. They're scrappy. They know how to compete. Trevor Story with a base knock. Kansas. This is a game I'm somewhat worried about for Texas. But I am... It should be a win over. But Kansas has proven themselves this year to potentially be back kind of where they used to be back in the early 2000s, back in '04 when they won the Orange Bowl. Kansas was on that list. They were one of the top teams in the country. Now, as you kind of look at it within the last year, they really stepped up their game. Ended up getting a bowl game bid and then um, got a couple of big recruits. They got a new head coach. So Kansas is making waves. Throwing it down to Oklahoma at number 20 for the Red River on October 7th, that one could go either way. I do believe that Texas has a shot. If I remember correctly last year, I think Texas ended up winning that game. What in the hell is going on here? Oh, that ball is going to be down. Nope, that's not down. That's not down. That's not down. Get back, because Ellie's got a hose. So, then Texas has Houston, BYU, Kansas State, who's ranked TCU, who's ranked TCU this year, not with Max Duggan. They lost their star quarterback, so, I think TCU is going to be a little... And they're star wide receivers. So, I think TCU is going to be a little bit less likely to make the same run that they did last year. And by last year, I mean make it to the college football playoff in the national title game. Where they got boat raced by Georgia. If anybody remembers that, they got boat raced. Like, was not close. Georgia pounded the shit out of TCU. And Kirby Smart remains the back to back title winners looking for a three P here. So it should be interesting to see how the Big Twelve rounds out, especially adding in four new teams, because that's going to be the biggest factor. So what I want to know from you guys, and hopefully I'll clip this which out of the new four teams in the SC or in the Big Twelve are going to make waves first? You got Cincinnati, BYU, um UCF, and then Houston, if I didn't say Houston yet. Which out of those four teams do you think is going to actually be either a bust in the Big 12 or is going to come out swinging? I think Cincinnati could come out swinging, but they no longer have the same explosive offense that they had a couple years ago, especially with Desmond Ritter. BYU, normally a tough team. They can compete pretty well. Houston, I think this will be a great conference for Houston. Houston is able to pound the ball on the run game. Um, Defensively, they create turnovers, and they're very good at it. They're very good at playing good defensive football, hard nose, to the ground, to the gridiron. But also, normally, Houston's got a couple of good quarterbacks. Or they have in the past. Central Florida. That one's kind of my iffy on where we see them. Central Florida without Scott Frost. Last year, they really didn't make a ton of waves. But they can still play good football. So, I think your sleeper team in the Big 12 this year, this is going to be one... That, oh my gosh, he is literally getting bleeders. I am pissed. This man really has not had a solid, solid base hit. Framer Valdez is keeping this game somewhat close. I mean, my goodness. We're just, we're going through it. I think one of your sleeper teams that you could potentially look at not maybe making... The Big 12 title game, but one you shouldn't sleep on is Kansas. I think Kansas this year is going to come out with a vengeance. They had a really good offense last year, able to put up a lot of points. Defensively, they can get some turnovers, but I think their big running back and wide receiving core this year is going to be huge for them since they were young last year. Kansas should come back. Oklahoma is usually a talented team. Second year head coach for Oklahoma there. Texas, I was getting to this point earlier. I don't know how it sits. L.A. De La Cruz pops this one out into the outfield. We're going to throw to a cutoff, man. I keep getting off side tangents here. Oh, we're hosing. Hose at home. Hose at home. Hose at home. You're hosed. No, he's safe. Son of a bitch. That's two runs. All right, whatever. I can score. I'm hitting decent or at least making contact with the ball. Oh, Roll it. With 99, Jackie Robinson, we get a double play. All right, so here's the thing for Texas. You lose B. John Robinson. You still have good wide receivers. You don't really have a quarterback in the moment. Quentin Ewers. Yeah, all right, cool. I like him. Now there's a kid coming in by the name of Arch Manning. You might be saying Manning. Well, yes, that is the current nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning, March Manning is now coming to Texas, and this is going to be kind of a dogfight for a starting position. I really haven't done a whole lot of research on who is the starting quarterback for Texas. Let's see if we can pull that up here. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to do a lot of things at once here, folks. I so greatly apologize. Quinn Ewers should be your number one overall starter, in my opinion, because last year he was a very good player. He just loves to get after it. He's just a grinder. Um, passing wise, he can throw the ball deep, pretty accurate, but the biggest thing that kills Texas is turnovers late and also not really blocking late in games. And when that run game gets stopped, Texas is kind of, kind of out, but then you've got Arch Manning coming in as well. Who's six, four, he's a freshman. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do if he gets a couple of starts or if he gets the starting job over Ewers cause Ewers dealt with an injury last year. So Texas was kind of having a battle through that with a backup quarterback. Played very good in the Alabama game. So I'm looking to see that. But also for Arch, if you do get the starting job and you go into Tuscaloosa as a freshman, dude, and you're gonna Nick Saban's gonna have fun with you, man. So we'll have to see where that goes. Lou Brock, we got a one run ballgame. Two one. That's a bomb. So throwing it back to the rest of college football, going through the rankings here. Currently, the one through five, I really don't have an issue with. Maybe LSU being as high ranked as they are. I'm not sure if I like that pick yet. I've kind of been tossing with it. USC, I definitely like where they're at. Honestly, I would have put USC at six or at five instead of six and flip flip-flop them with LSU. Penn State at seven, that's a great defensive core. Franklin at Penn State, has he knows his shit. And Penn State, usually a very, very good defensive team. That's how they usually win their games late. Offense, they've kind of struggled a little bit just because, I mean, you lose Saquon Barkley. Um, now you lose Sean Clifford to the draft as well out of a quarterback. But you have a couple of wide receivers usually throughout the year, so you guys can make it work. I believe Penn State could make a run for the Big Ten title. Then you got Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten. They're ranked at one and two. Ohio State. You have a lot of rebuilding to do if you're Ryan Day. But you've got Harris on the outside edge as a receiver. You lost Jackson Smith to Jigba. You've lost C.J. Stroud. So now it's kind of a look to see if you can bring back your running game and if you can keep the new quarterback and a wide receiver core good with Harris. So we'll have to see. Michigan, you get a new quarterback as well. Jim Harbaugh is trying to get you back to the promised land, end up winning against Ohio State once again. That game has now become a lot more of a, as if it wasn't a nail-biter before, the game between Michigan and Ohio State, that's always a nail-biter, but it's gotten a lot heavier within the last couple of years, and Michigan has been able to pull out some huge wins. So, Georgia, unanimous number one, no doubt about it. Bama, sitting at four with the finish that Alabama had last year and the teams that they have not been able to produce, or, I mean, they've been able to produce good teams, but still, they just really haven't had a lot of normal Bama success. Is that the dynasty dying out? Is that Nick Saban just not being able to outmatch coaches anymore? That might be a hard-hitting question there. I mean, seriously. I think you still, with Bryce Young there, you're still good. Normally Alabama, running backs, you're fine. Defense, offensive line, Bama is fine. I have no doubt that Bama is going to be able to still be a powerhouse, but it's it's weird to say. Could this dynasty finally kind of be coming to an end and teams are looking to really capitalize on it? I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, my gosh, he stole on me. There goes the double play. Going down the list, Florida, Clemson. I'm excited about this Washington team. Washington has just been battling through itself. As well, they won the Pac 12 last year. They've still got Penix Jr. at quarterback, which is great to see. Penix is just an absolute stud. He was last year. He should be able to still get the job done this year. Um, going through there, you had Sam Adams at a running back as well. He was a sophomore. Your big senior running back in Richard Newton, he should be coming back as well. So I think this, this Washington team is going to be in saying, once again, it's kind of sad to say I, I never have really been a Washington fan because they've played Nebraska a lot and they played them tough. But I love watching Washington play because they're just a good football team that likes to grind it out and they get some wins late. So, oh my gosh, Chase Utley, we are now tied. That is two bombs. Let's freaking go, baby. 2-2 ball game in the fourth. 14th home run in the year. Now who are you going to put in? He's been throwing balls like in the zone. I've been chasing a couple of them, but I've just been missing balls. Really haven't struck out a whole lot. We'll go through this Trevor Story about real quick here before I kind of break down the rest of it. Trevor Story one for one with a base knock. Oh, I definitely could have hit that. That was outside for a ball, but I could have hit it. It sniffed the zone a little bit. Oh, and then I swing at that. Oh, that might get down. Oh, that got by him. That got by him. Chase Utley's going to get, or Trevor Story's going to get a double. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Story got an infield hit for a double. Please count that as a double. I think it might. Wow, I got lucky with that. How in the freaking hell did I do that? Oh, Jack Peterson. Come on, buddy. I need you to swing big. Yeah, take that. Tennessee, you guys are now going to be the big the big looker in the SEC, and here's why. You don't have Hen and Hooker anymore. You didn't have Hendon Hooker for a lot of the se- last half of the season anyways if you were Tennessee, and you still did good. Tennessee held their own throughout all of it, especially, oh, Jock, that's not a pitch I want to swing at. Is that a K? That is a K. Gosh, dang it. Tennessee, you held your own last year, and you held it well. Excuse me. You held it well. You've still got a pretty good young offense, great receivers on that line as well. But without Hendon Hooker, I'm very, very torn to see where you go. Because you're facing a strong SEC schedule here. Let's look and see who we got for Tennessee. Open up against Virginia, Austin Pay, start out SEC play against Florida. And then you got UTSA. Then you have, in my opinion, potentially with um Radler, you have a you have an interesting team in South Carolina. With explosive as they were late in the season last year, I think that offense could definitely get you some points. Trevor Story comes in on a pass ball. It's a 3-2 game, and we are swinging at such crappy pitches and not making good contact. Oh, Ozzie Albies, that ball has got to go. That's not going to get over his head, though. Oh, my goodness. All right. But I like this South Carolina team. They're explosive. Their offense can produce plays. It's just a matter of Spencer Rattler can actually be accurate with the football and not turn it over. Also, talking a lot about quarterbacks, this year the quarterback drafts or the quarterback class is good. College football, when it comes to quarterbacks this year, could potentially be pretty, pretty explosive with the the seniors and incoming freshmen. That ball is foul, please. Yes, thank you. Texas A and M is your next one. They're ranked at twenty three currently at the beginning of the year. That game is on October fourteenth. Then you go to Bama. Now you play in Tuscaloosa. This game is not at Tennessee anymore. And if anybody remembers last year's, um, let's see, upset by Tennessee, they lost a goalpost. I don't think you're going to do that, in Tuscaloosa. You're not going to tear down a goalpost in Tuscaloosa. You might pull it out. But it'll have to it'll be interesting to see. We got a strike out there as well. Kentucky. Kentucky's been kind of coming up in the SEC, then you got UConn, Missouri, number 1 Georgia, and then Vanderbilt to close out the year on the 25th. When it came to last season's stats, here's where you got it. Passing yards per game, you were 326 passing yards per game. Ranked 5th in the country for that. Also, that did help with having Henn and Hooker. Um, you were 199 yards per game when it came to rushing. That is going to be a tough one to kind of to keep going. You were 26th in the country there. Points 4 in games. Tennessee's offense was on fire. 46 points per game normally. 23 points against, tied for 44. So Tennessee's defense is able to step up. They're able to make plays, get turnovers. And they have also have a pretty good defensive line. They were able to get a lot of sacks, put a lot of pressure, especially on Bryce Young. Tennessee's able to put pressure on him. Now, like I said, depends on where you go. It depends on who you're you're now going to have as a starter for Tennessee. I'm going to try to focus here on L.A. De La Cruz. I don't want to give him really anything to hit. This guy's been kind of chasing around the zone just a touch. But he's also, like I said, I, he's just been bleeding me ground balls for most of it. He had a line drive base hit that last inning. We end it. Going down the list here, Utah. With as good as Utah was last year, and I'm not sure if they have the same quarterback. If they do, Utah could be dangerous. Let me look to see who their starter is. After this pitch, oh, Mitch Garver. Just about wet yard. Oh, that ball is still carrying. That ball is at the wall. Oh, it's caught right at the edge of the wall. That's sad. Utah, Cam Rising is still your quarterback. Utah, I'm expecting good things out of the season. Cam Rising last year, um, if anybody really hasn't seen the hit that he took against USC in the Pac-12 championship game, that's a freaking hit, and he got up. I mean, Cam Rising's helmet came off the whole nine yards, and this was even on a first-down run. How did I miss that? You're kidding me. Yandy Diaz never misses that ball. I'm pulling down. I'm good timing. I'm all over this pitcher. This is a fun game. Lubrock, that's a ground ball just early on that sinker. We are running through this podcast as best we can here. Getting a quick camera restart. Going to make a note of this real fast as we kind of go through. But, I mean, still, though, this is... It's one of those years in college football where there's a lot of big names gone. But there's a lot of good... A lot of good talent to still remain for college football. 24-48. Sorry, I'm I'm spazzing here, folks. I'm really spazzing, trying to get this done on my phone. Dude, can we not be pressing L2? Like, seriously. Just out of, out of here. Kind of going through... We're going to hop in to the big one. I think USC wins the Pac-12 honestly. If they can if Lincoln Riley and Williams can stay healthy, I think that USC wins the Pac-12 in their last season there. Now, we're going to talk about the one major scale here cuz I'm going I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to talk about it cuz it's going to happen eventually. Um this is a sad one of the saddest things I've ever had to admit in my life. Actually, one of the saddest things I've ever had to, like, say. um, Folks, I'm missing the first, like, three Nebraska games. I am missing the first three Nebraska games of the year. And that is depressing as all hell. So, opening up. This statement, Nebraska, new head coach, Mark Rule, former Baylor coach. When Baylor was really laying it on teams of the Big Twelve, only reason they really lost the Big Twelve was Jalen Hurts. Um, won a Big Twelve Big Twelve title against Oklahoma State. And yeah. So Mark Rule coming, former Carolina Panthers head coach. I'm excited to see what he does. And this is the biggest thing that I'm seeing. Recruiting straight out of the gate for him was awesome. Got just such a great recruiting class. He was able to get it done, get some big names there, get Nebraska kind of back to where it was. You lose Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer actually doing really, really good in um, spring training in the in the NFL. I like to see it, and I like the fact that he's succeeding. You still got Nick Henrick at linebacker. You still have a good defensive core. The only problem is you really just kind of need to f- get the secondary Worked out. All oh, this ball is off the wall. Oh no. That's a tie ball game, and he is safe at second. Son of a biscuit. You also have Buford back there as well in the secondary. But now here, I'm going to run through this this schedule here because this is just a. Oh no. I didn't get far back enough, and that ball was gone anyways. That's a five. Five three ball game. So uh, this isn't good. That's where I see that this is where I really start kind of getting. Everything comes against me late in the games, and I just can't clutch up. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck opening up the season for Nebraska. I'm expecting a win out of this. I really am. Everybody can say otherwise that, oh, no, Nebraska's not going to get that win. I think Nebraska gets this win. I know that P.J. Fleck and the Gophers are super tough team to play against. I know that they are normally one of the scrappier teams in the Big Ten. I think Nebraska gets a dub out of this. You guys can call it how it is. Fine. Coming to Colorado. um, This one is going to be interesting because this game is going to be in Boulder. But here's the thing. Colorado's got a new head coach. They've got prime time. Um, if you guys have seen some of the videos from Twitter about practices, it's getting a little scrappy there in Colorado. So now the biggest question is, will Colorado be able to come back and kind of be that same team that they used to be back when the big 12 was really dominant in the early 2000s? I'm saying that with Nebraska's experience that they have and with a first year head coach for both teams. I'm going to go with the experience more more lies with Mark Rural being able to rebuild a team in the Big 12 over primetime doing it with South Alabama. I'm also going to go with the fact of the NFL experience and now coming down, bringing that as a coach. I'm going to go with Nebraska takes this. They've got... This is going to be the hottest take that I probably say on podcast. Nebraska goes 4-0 and to start the season. Nebraska goes 4-0 to start the season. Quote me on it. Take it to the bank. If I'm wrong, come after me. I got you. I see Nebraska going 4-0 to start out the year. There it is. There's my biggest hot take. Hot water. We lose to Michigan. Even at home. You're facing the number two team in the country. Do I have faith that they could possibly do better than they have in years past against a team like Michigan? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Illinois. I'm going to count that as a win, even though Illinois got the best of us last year. Nebraska struggled. Northwestern, I say possibly Northwestern has a new head coach coming in. Northwestern win. I see Nebraska losing four games this year Michigan, Maryland, Wisconsin, possibly Iowa. But at the same time, I think they have Iowa's number. Now is calling a is calling a nine and three season insane? Considering the fact of what Nebraska's dealt with? Oh yes. Am I going to do it just off of my optimism? Hell yeah. Realistically, the ceiling, or at least the floor, Nebraska goes six and six makes it to a bowl game. If not seven and seven and five, I would go with a seven and five year for Nebraska all dang day. Seven and five will take that. Nine and three is possible. Seven and five is gonna be probably where I put our season. And I think that's a great pick for for a new season with a first year head coach. Jack Peterson needs to fucking take that yard. There's my first step bomb of the day. So for all you Iowa fans out there, that was a slur at the bottom of the zone. I'm not paying attention. For all you Iowa fans out there, I'll break down your schedule real quick as Rich Gossich gets ready to deliver a missile into the zone. Please give me a fastball. Oh, you threw me a changeup, and I was way too early on it. I saw that. You got, Iowa has Utah State, Iowa State. I'm going to probably end up saying that Iowa wins that game this year. Western Michigan. That's when Iowa starts out the year 3-0. and Penn State. I'm going to go with Penn State's experience on this, and I think that the Nittany Lions are going to be able to make make a solid run in the Big Ten this year. I also think that they're just going to win that game. Michigan State's a win. Purdue's a win. Wisconsin, I'm going to give you an L. I just like the way that Wisconsin has been recruiting, and also defensively, Wisconsin is very strong, and Iowa, if your offense is not any better, Petrus is out. Buxton, please catch this. You're so fast. I love Byron Buxton. Wisconsin, I'm gonna give you an L. Minnesota, I'm gonna give you a win. I wanna take the Nebraska win there. I think Iowa could still seven and five could possibly be your best half of the year. I'm still going I'm still going Nebraska takes the game at Iowa. Or in Lincoln this year. It's a hot take. It's a hot commodity. I am a Nebraska fan. I'm incredibly optimistic this year. Trevor Story, diving stop. Got him. We're still in this ballgame, folks. It's currently 5-3 in the bottom of the sixth. Now, Iowa State. Also, by the way, I have Michigan winning the Big Ten this year. That's no joke. I do have Michigan winning the Big Ten this year. And going back to the college football playoff. Oh, my gosh. Ellie De La Cruz, ground ball to Reyes. That's now Iowa State. You guys got Northern or Northern Iowa game one. Iowa ranked game two. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give you that L. Ohio or the University of Ohio, I got you winning that game. Oklahoma State to open up Big 12 play. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, gotta go with Oklahoma. TCU, I think TCU is still gonna be good. You're gonna struggle. I got TCU. So Iowa, Iowa State struggling. Cincinnati, this one's gonna be the interesting game for you. This is your first time really playing Cincinnati. I'm going to give you a win against Cincinnati. I think the one thing that is going to struggle with a team like Cincinnati, offensive production may not be there all the time. They can score a lot of points, but I just think a new year in the Big 12 with just not the same amount of talent that they used to have, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. Recruiting-wise, they've been able to get some good players, get some four-stars and in there. Baylor, I'm going to give you a win against Baylor. I'm actually going to give you an L against Kansas. I'm I'm hot on this Kansas team this year. BYU, I'm going to give you a win. Texas, Kansas State, at the end of the year, I'm going to give you an L. So there you go. That rounds out our four major teams, or three major teams on the podcast that we cover within the normal times. If you guys are looking for games to start really kind of within the next week, excuse me, Oh, that's a changeup at the bottom of the zone. 3-2. I took it because I thought it was going to break out. Oh, no. We got 3-2 with Ozzie Albies. We got to take this. Hold on here. Oh, I pulled it away. No. That should have been a bomb for Ozzie Albies. Middle middle sinkers. Who freaking knew that Nick can't fucking hit a middle middle sinker? Son of a... Jason Littleman, that is why we drink. Oh, boy. Mitch Garver up to the dish here. Oh, Garver. He was my hero pretty much all yesterday. If you guys are really looking forward to it, I'm going to pause here quick. Thursday, games coming back in action for college football. You got Elon, Wake Forest, Kent State, UCF, Rhode Island, Georgia State, St. Francis, Western Michigan. Not a lot of big name games going on. NC State has UConn going up at 630. Florida, Utah. This one to me is actually going to be a headliner for that day. It's pretty much the biggest game of the day. Um, I think Utah takes this, but I think this Gainesville team, these Gators are going to be chomping at the bit, but I think Cam Rising in Utah takes that game. Nebraska, Minnesota, obviously got Nebraska, South Dakota, Missouri, um, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Tulsa, North Carolina, AT, you've got UAB and then Southern Utah, Arizona State rounding out for Friday's game, Howard, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Michigan State, Miami versus the or Ohio, Miami of Ohio versus the U of Miami. Louisville, Georgia Tech for an ACC game. Missouri State, Kansas, Stanford, Hawaii. Then rounding out Saturday, guys, we got a whole slate of games. Everybody plays on Saturday for college football if they hadn't already played. We'll kind of round out the ranked games here in a second after Mitch Garver does not hold back on that. Eastern Michigan, you guys got number two. Michigan, Tennessee, number 12, plays Virginia. We'll just kind of go through the ranked games here since there's so many. TCUS, Colorado for Colorado's opener. Oklahoma versus Arkansas State, ranked. Iowa versus Utah State, going down the list here. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be a team to watch out for as well in the SEC. You guys got a huge running back coming back for a sophomore year. They've got Mercer. Oregon plays Portland. Ohio State's got Indiana to open up Big Ten play. Washington has Boise State. I think Washington should boat race Boise State. Boise State has not really been that good as of recent. Going in, Texas got Rice, Notre Dame, Tennessee State. Wisconsin versus Buffalo. Going down the list, going down the list. Georgia's got UT Martin to open up the year. That's just, guys, I'm really sorry, and this is going to be Probably another take. This one might have to be a cut here. So let me catch this fly ball. And make a note of where I say this. Because I need to do it. 37, 28. I apologize for taking so long of a time. Um, If you guys are... Give me one sec here. Trying to actually... Make this work. Thank God he pressed time. If you're a number one team in college football or you're a top five team and you probably know where you're going to sit going into next year, but you obviously know that schools are going to pay to play or you got to pay them and it makes the schools money. Seriously, guys, can we reschedule some of these number top teams in the country to not play teams like Austin Pay or who's Georgia, UT Martin, in the first half of the season? Like, seriously, can we just get some bass in college football going? Play ranked opponents, play teams that are in a Power 5 conference that might not be the greatest, but they're going to give you a competition. Like, I mean, seriously, it legit pisses me off that number one teams can do this. Number five teams can do this. It doesn't really, I don't really like it even when Nebraska does it, but still, yet again, I mean, Nebraska's mediocre at this point until we find out what happens in the season. If anybody just heard me say that from Nebraska, I'm really sorry, but I just really don't know where we're going to be. I have a high ceiling for us, and I know the potential that we have. So, with that being said, USC has Nevada going down the rest of the ranked list here. Kansas State has Southern Missouri State, Texas A&M, New Mexico, Alabama, I see you down there. I'm taking that pitch. Apparently it was a strike. Alabama's got Middle Tennessee. Penn State is West Virginia. I think that could be a great matchup. West Virginia, tough team, super competitive. North Carolina versus South Carolina. I think North Carolina might get upset in this game. If Spencer Radler can actually play the game, why did I swing at that? Good Lord, Nick. Come on. Get focused here. 5-3 in the eighth, and I gave up a bomb to really set my standard here. Lou Brock, that's going to be a base knot. Get down, ball. You bet. All right. We're going to try to steal here. Tulane has South Alabama. That pretty much rounds out the top 25. Actually, we got some pretty good games coming up as well on Sunday, September 3rd. Oregon State, they've got San Jose State. And then LSU-Florida State, that should be a big ranked matchup, number five versus number eight. And then Clemson-Duke on Monday, that rounds out week number one. Trevor Story, that's going to be a base knock. I was not stealing as well. I was just really not paying attention. So that rounds out college football, folks. College football's back. It's in full swing. We're getting there. Also, I do apologize for everybody. We like to play games on this show just because it's fun. We like to, excuse me, keep the atmosphere. Felix Batista, new pitcher, in for this dude. We're going to kind of focus on this because... I currently have runners on second and third and the eighth with one out. And it's a 5-3 ball game. With a big swinging lefty up the dish in Chase Utley. Who I hit very well with. Also, if anybody hasn't really seen our Instagram post, the, oh no, that was a ball. Um, the game where I score 15, or 52 runs, oh no, we gotta. The game that I scored 52 runs in, That was a total fluke. I'm like, oh, that's a dot on the lower half of the zone. You're kidding me. Oh, I took it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, Buxton had the single. Oh, my Lord. Nope. Trevor Story did not go. Thank you. The 55 runs in a game, that was a total fluke. That was just a bust. It was a fun time. I was also trying my road to 100. It didn't really work. I had 55. So... No, take that. Come on. What the hell am I doing? Steal. Oh, he's hosed. Lou Brock is hosed at third. I just completely screwed myself out of that entire operation there. Nick's going to have to win this game in the ninth. Nick is going to have to win this game in the ninth. Holy shit. So... For all of you guys kind of waiting on on a good old thing called NFL football, we got you covered on that as well. We're kind of making this with the story. A line drive to third base, and it goes right over his freaking glove? I don't like that. Somebody help me out figure that one. Somebody help me out figure that one. Does that... What? That's not even English, bro. Oh my lord. Alright, well Nick's Nick's just losing his mind, I guess, here. That's that's so much fun. So so much fun. Alright, well, and now he puts in Trey Turner. This is great, but we're gonna move on to the NFL or at least try to. Um currently preseason scoreboard tonight. Steelers end up getting a twenty four nothing win over the Falcons. Eagles and or er, Colts end up taking out the Eagles. Preseason, not too worried about it, but twenty-seven to thirteen, um, it's slightly concerning. But at the same time, everybody always says it's preseason; it doesn't really matter, which is pretty much incredibly true. That I would say preseason doesn't really dictate on how the rest of the season goes. So, y'all do what you want with that information. But if you guys are looking for some fantasy football talk, I got gotcha. you. Cause I currently last night I had two drafts, one for my bow hunting squad for work, and then one for another squad that I do with the Omaha Boys, and then I had another draft for them on Monday as well. So I have got three teams in two different le- or in three different leagues. So we're running through it. For the these names are clever. Also comment below because I'll probably end up clipping this or parts of this. What are your guys' favorite fantasy football names and whose are yours? If you're playing fantasy football and you watch this podcast, what are your guys' fantasy football names? Because currently one, the bow hunting one is Nikki Six just because the crowd's a little bit different and we're fun, but I mean I'm just I'm keeping it plain and simple there with Nikki Six. The Go Belichick you nuts, that one is from last year's league. I thought that was pretty clever. Oh, did I roll it? Oh, my gosh, we got out of that inning with a double play. Let's freaking go. The go, Belichick, you nuts is the next team. And this one I thought was the best one. Tucker between the legs. Oh, Justin Tucker's going to hate me for that one. But anyways, for the Tucker between your legs, we got Patrick Mahomes as quarterback, DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne are my two main running backs, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, my two big wideouts, Patrick Vermithor, big tight end, Godwin, he's currently sitting at my flex. Nick Folt, kicker for the Patriots. He's there. Bill's defense, sitting on my bench as Trevor Story comes in. Anthony Richardson is my backup QB. Rookie QB for the Colts. Brees Hall at running back, as well as Brandon Mc- er, Jared McKinnon for the Chiefs. Oh, Story, that ball is caught. Oh, that's foul. Man, I got to get timing here. Let's focus. We're in the ninth. That's going to bleed through the hole. a boy. We'll take a splitter. Splitter away. Rashad Bateman has a bench wide receiver. Elijah Moore as well. And then Kincaid for the Bills. That is my, my bench squad for Tucker between the legs. As we go to the go Belichick and nuts. Lamar Jackson is my QB one. Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, two main backs, Tyler Lockett, AJ Brown, Currently sitting at my two main wide receivers. That ball should have been absolutely shit on with Jack Peterson, and I missed it. Evan Ingram, my tight end. Brandon Ayuk is a flex. Uh Mars, my kicker. Eagles defense. Jared Goff, my backup quarterback. Miles Sanders, currently sitting on my bench as a running back. I got one out here. Marquise Brown, Tyler Conklin, and Knox round out my picks for tight end. Two different tight ends. I don't know why I did that in a wide receiver. Jags defense. As well, middle-middle fastball. Nick still can't hit it. What's fucking new? Trying to go to the other fantasy team here. I took that. I'm impressed with myself. Austin Hayes. Oh, that ball is pulled. That was a little bit of an interesting pitch selection there. For the Nikki Six. Oh, that ball is tatered. I was early? I thought I was... Damn. Austin Hayes just crapped on that ball, but that's an out to the gap. Nicky six, and we're we might lose this game, folks. We might lose this game. We we got Ozzy Albie's here in the ninth with a run runner on first. I can't sit on a splitter. We're gonna talk this through. I chase the splitter out of the zone. My brain is all wonky. I held on a splitter outside of the zone. What's new? Nick's just chasing. He's throwing me splitters. He's throwing me four straight splitters. He's throwing me five straight splitters. Is he gonna hang one? Are you gonna hang one? He threw me a slider and I was ah, er- oh, that broke a little too much. Well, that's the ball game, folks. Five three final. Chalk it up to one of Tricky Nick's L's on the podcast. Uh, loser. But there we go. Well, five three. Eight hits. Not bad. I'll take that. Not a whole lot of real big runs. I mean, he didn't really hit hit the ball. Like, I wasn't giving up extra base hits. Just giving up base hits. Oh, that drops me down to 6.67 instead of 6.97. Framer Valdez with a quality start. Reyes with some good relief in there. And then we got a classic. But anyways, here we go for the Nikki Six fantasy team. Joe Burrow is currently our quarterback. Austin Eckler running back one. Travis Etienne, two. If you guys can't tell, Travis Etienne, for me, picked him up last year. He's pretty good. Devontae Adams, Mont St. Brown are my two main wide receivers. George Kittle, tight end. Godwin, flex. San Francisco 49ers defense on the board. And then Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles. Now we're going to our bench. This is deadly, folks. This might be my best league that I think I've ever drafted, but also this might just be my best league that I have. Pacheco, you're sitting there with me. Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver. Pickens as a wide receiver. Njoku as my extra tight end. Kirk Cousins as my backup. I got Graham Gano as my kicker. Browns defense. Folks, I think that is a recipe for success. Fantasy football is there. Now let's talk about how some of the teams are going to round out. Because currently, for a week one schedule, as we go here, opening up Thursday night football. We have the Lions versus the Chiefs. I really need Amon St. Brown to go off, and I need Patrick Mahomes to go off. So, yay. Then we go to Sunday for the first NFL Sunday. Folks, This you really, I hope anybody is as hype as me that my Saturdays and Sundays are now filled with football. My fall is about to be filled with hunting. Guys, I'm not even, y- y'all won't see me. Next time you probably see me. Like, if you guys see me out on a weekend, Good luck. It's rarity when it comes to the NFL and college and hunting. So let's wrap it around here. Carolina-Atlanta, game one. These are the noon noon schedule games. Carolina-Atlanta, Cincinnati-Cleveland, Jacksonville versus the Colts. I got to plug in my controller real quick because I kind of started rattling these off and I got in a rhythm here. It's always fun. Colts-Jags, Tampa-Minnesota, Titans versus the Saints, who... Saints got a new head coach as well this year. And they have some new quarterbacking going on as well. So Alvin Kamara also suspended for three games. That should be interesting. The Colts quarterback decision could be one as well. You got Sam Ellinger and then you got Richardson as well. Um, Minnesota you're going to keep with Kirk. But you also now Dalvin Cook is gone. So Alexander Madison should probably end up be taken over for running back. Duties, you still got Justin Jefferson, you still got Thielen, but you, and you also have T.J. Hawkinson, who's a huge pickup for the Vikings. Going down the rest of the list for the noon o'clock games, San Francisco versus Pittsburgh, Arizona-Washington, and then finally Houston versus Baltimore. Then you go to everybody's favorite Sunday game, which will probably be one of the most watched. It is at 325. These start out at the 325-330 games. Green Bay versus Chicago. Here is what I want to discuss. Green Bay is no longer going to be the main team in the NFC North. Everybody knows this. Can Justin Fields actually perform? And can Green Bay get off the daddy train? I mean, seriously, though, that's that's kind of where it lies down to. Can Green Bay, is Green Bay going to be able to bounce back? without Aaron Rodgers. Is Jordan Love going to be able to pick it up? Also, is Justin Fields going to be able to carry the Bears to a victory? I have no idea. I think that the Packers are going to end up losing this game. I think that Jordan Love is going to do okay, but I think the Bears are going to pick them apart. I think Justin Fields is going to succeed. I think this year could be incredibly interesting for for both of these teams, honestly. Now, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. Raiders no longer have Derek Carr, but you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, huge pickup for the Raiders. You still have Devontae Adams. This now gives Devontae Adams a huge arm to run with and deal. You also don't have Danny Waller anymore for a tight end. He is now at um, the Giants. But you still got Josh Jacobs, so your running game is good. Offense is there. Denver, big news today. Jerry Judy just went out. He's going to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Russell Wilson coming back. You got Cortland Sutton coming back. Got a couple of rookie running backs as well to throw in there. Dulcich, fine. It's all going to be how Sean Payton can kind of hopefully flip this team around. New head coach, Sean Payton. Are we excited as Denver fans? Absolutely, we are. That's a huge win for us. We picked up probably one of the best picks anybody could have gotten this offseason. Sean Payton is coming to Denver. I'm loving it. ba 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 Oh, shit. We just got copyright. That's fine. Philadelphia's got New England. Jalen Hurts, this high-power Philadelphia Eagles offense and defense. You got Dallas Goddard. You got Brown. You got DeAndre Swift. I mean, go pick, pick your poison. You got the running back quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who just absolutely tears people up. Um, you had a potential Super Bowl team last year. Super Bowl champion team, I should say. Not Super Bowl team. Super Bowl championship. Because they made the Super Bowl. That'll be interesting. They got New England. Uh, Daniel Jones, you're going to need to step it up there, bud. Miami versus L.A. Miami, just keep Tua healthy. Like, literally, that's all you got to do. Just keep Tua freaking healthy You've got Jalen Waddell. You've got Tyreek Hill. The wide receivers are there. You've got Moster in the back in the backfield. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. You guys have a team built for success. You have a young coach who is definitely willing to work his ass off and has turned this team into a pretty decent team. Your defense can create a lot of turnovers. Miami needs to keep Tua Tonga Biloa healthy. Is he going to be the game changer? He might not be, but he's got a good enough offense to to make it there. Rams versus Seattle, Los Angeles, Matt Stafford. See what we can do here versus Seattle, and Chino Smith coming back for his second full full semester with the Seattle Seahawks full season. Dallas versus New York. Now, here we go again. Can New York actually kind of keep picking up where they left off from? Is Dallas going to fall without Ezekiel Elliott, who the Patriots now have? So the Patriots have a running back to split with Stevenson. That'll be fun. Also, teams to look at. Jacksonville, can they be able to kind of pick it up and keep moving forward where they left off last year? Is Trevor Lawrence going to kind of be the big deal this year? Is he going to let it kind of hang around? Is he just going to let it all hang loose and go for it? I kind of hope so. I love Trevor Lawrence. He's a competitor. The flow is killer. He's also just an athlete. Man loves to play the game. You got Zay Jones, you got Kirk, you got Evan Ingram. You've got Travis Etienne. I mean, he was a j- teammate with Trevor Lawrence when they won a national title. You have four different weapons that you can use with this Jacksonville offense. Now you just have to have a defense and you got to keep Trevor on his feet. He can't just keep scrambling the whole time. You got to keep Trevor alive. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals is the same thing. Bengals line, you got to block for him. Other big people to look at. Um, this one's going to be a huge one. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance battle in San Francisco. Brock Purdy, just keep doing what you do, man. Literally, I don't want to see a thing change. I think that San Francisco could potentially come back and do the same thing they did last year, and make the NFC Championship and play for a title. I seriously think they can do it. If at this this might be the hot stretch talking, this might be kind of where you see a little bit of backlash from this from this take. You got Brandon Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, you got two very big wide receivers, you have George Kittle, you have a defense that is the top defense in the league with Bosa at the edge. You have a good secondary. You have a team built around a dude who last year literally created something out of nothing, Mr. Irrelevant. And literally shoved it down everybody's throats and basically just said, fuck you. And now, where are you going to be? What team are you guys going to be? Are you guys going to be the ones that kind of cower down? Or are you guys going to be the ones that actually step up, do the same thing that I said Trevor Lawrence should do and just let it hang? What are you going to do? I hope Brock Purdy succeeds. It's fun to watch the kid play. It's fun to watch him play with this dynamic of a team that he kind of had at Iowa State. It's just fun to see him get a chance to play the game how he wants. And I think he can do that. Even with Trey Lance. Trey Lance, when he was still starting, before he went down, he was doing good. Then you had Jimmy Garoppolo. My camera just shut off. I think it's dead or stopped recording. You guys now have the same fucking team to be able to do that. And I've said the F word a lot today. Sorry. You guys have the team now to be able to do that and actually kind of push through, deal with what you want to do. Oh, excuse me. Wow, that was not attractive at the end of that. Then finally, Monday night... Buffalo versus the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. Now, we all know that the MILF man had said some words. We all know that the MILF man has tried to back it up. We all know who Aaron Rodgers is. We all know that he is not going to take shit from anybody, let alone a 20, 23, 24 year old who's just going to go keep running his mouth. Zach. If you had a better season last year, I would kind of fight in your corner a little bit. Sorry, but Aaron's taking your job, man. And you better get ready to learn underneath him because it's going to be another Favre-Rodgers situation. But now here's the thing. Is it going to be another Favre-Rodgers situation or Favre situation where he now goes to Minnesota after this? I would really hope not. I That would be so cliche and cringy. That would fucking hurt. Oh, my Lord. Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's just got to limit turnovers. That's his biggest thing. Josh Allen's got to limit his turnovers. Bills' defense got to stay where they're at. I mean, it's enough said. It's kind of like a broken record here when you come to it, but you do have weapons on the outside for Josh Allen. He's physical. He's not fat, like fast, fast, but he's fast. He's physical. He's a big dude. I think the Bills could do pretty good this year. I'm kind of looking at where the standings would lie. Whether or not we bring out the Hex Bugs or whether or not we bring out picks, whatever JC says on this, totally different story. Going into this, throwing preseason rankings aside, AFC East, I've got the Bills at one, Dolphins at two, Jets three, Patriots finish last. For the AFC North, I have, as Justin, my buddy, is texting me on. Sorry. Dead air for a second. Going for the AFC North. Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. I like the Bengals one. I'm going to go Steelers two based on defense alone. Ravens at three, Browns at four. I think Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team is still good, but I think they've got a lot of rough edges that they got to figure out, and I think the Steelers are just kind of moving in a good direction here. With, excuse me, Kenny Pickens. Um, quarterback out of Pitt, so hometown boy. Going to the AFC South. I've got Jacksonville at number one. i got to do it. I love the way these Jags play. I love how dynamic they can definitely be. It's just a matter of... Can they keep that pace? Tennessee is going to be sitting at my number two. Colts three, Texans four. That rounds that out. Going to the AFC West. We got Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. I'm going Raiders are going to be last. Chiefs are going to be one, Chargers, Broncos. I don't think Sean Payton's going to get us exactly where we need to be in year one. I think he's got the tools to do so, and I think it's going to be close. I think he's going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. So there we go. That's the AFC. Going to the NFC. I've got going for the NFC least, or should I say good NFC this year. I've got Philly at number one. I like the Giants at two. I think without Zeke this year. Actually, flop that, or flip that. I'm going to put the Cowboys at two. You got CeeDee Lamb, Dak. You got Tony Pollard now, who can replace Zeke. We've all seen it. Tony Pollard's an absolute dog. The bad thing is, Schultz, you lost your tight end, so that's gonna be kind of interesting to see how they pull pull that around. But I think Dallas has a receiving core and an offense is good. Defense just got to be able to make some stops. Philly is just too dominant. I gotta put them at one. So I've got Philly, Dallas, Giants. Washington's gonna finish it last in the NFC East. NFC North. Vikings at 1, Bears 2, Lions 3, Packers are going to drop all the way down to 4. That's a hot one. That's a hot one right now. We're going to have fun with that. NFC South. Uh, I'm actually going to put Tampa at 1. I like the fact that Baker is now at Tampa. Tampa. I like the fact that the offense that they had last year is going to be able to kind of get on a click, get on a rhythm, and they're gonna they're gonna vibe very, very well. Tampa at one, Saints at two. Falcons three, Panthers are four in the league. For that one. Um da 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 da. da, da. Okay. Sorry. Dealing with some shit. Kicking over a trash can, I guess. Going to the NFC West. Niners, give me them at one. Give me Seattle at two. Arizona at three. Give me the Rams at four. I like that. There goes NFL segment. We ran it. We're having fun. We're moving at a little bit of a pace. Now we're going to get to the time. That I have been kind of waiting for because it was fun. Guys, had an absolute blast in Chicago. For those of you that need to go to a Cubs game, that are Cubs fans or not Cubs fans, but you're in Chicago, need something to do, you're on the north side, go to Wrigley Field. If you're going to do it, buy GA seats. If you're going to do it, you go sit in left freaking field anywhere between where the stairwell from left center goes through all the way to the end of the scoreboard in the middle underneath the big sign, right on the end of Waveland Avenue, That is where you sit. If you want to have the best freaking time of your life at a baseball game, that is where you go. Am I biased? Absolutely, I am. I am a Cubs fan. I am a diehard Cubs fan. Born into it. We talked about it on the podcast. Guys, I've never had more fun at a baseball game in my freaking life as a fan. One, it does help when you are legal and you can drink. Two, it does help when the cup snake kind of comes your way and you can start one. Three, It helps when the Cubs get two massive fucking wins against the Atlanta Braves, and now we are at that spot. We are at that point. It really, really, really helps because now we're going to break this down because that whole entire win streak that got ruined on the Friday that I went down, and then the Cubs ended up picking up two games there and then kind of continuing the win. They're on a roll. They are on a massive roll. If we go to the National League here, we look at the standings. Cubs are now in second place. They're at three games behind the Brewers. We'll break this down kind of before we get to the wild card. Brewers are still sitting top of the National League. The Central, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, who the Cubs ended up beating the Pirates today, which was huge for us. And then the Cardinals ran out that bottom spot. And the NL West, the Dodgers, if you guys can also, by the way, Shout out to those people in California who are fighting the hurricane. Um, shout out to the families that had to be relocated, um, evacuate, everything like that. Um, prayers go out to all of you. Seriously, I mean, it's, it's tough to deal with hurricanes, especially on the East Coast, because that's normally where they happen, but California got absolutely leveled with that. Um, so we, Hurricane Hillary was kind of a pain. I, that's an understatement. For all those people I can't really say That I am so sorry enough And I sincerely Send my thoughts and prayers With all of you guys Everybody on the Covert Show Does as well Um, But keep powering through And Dodger fans Your field will get fixed Don't worry It's okay (laughs) Also for the first responders Out there Go get them Keep kicking ass Do your job To the best of your abilities Get people to safety Do what you gotta do Keep working out there In California Dodgers round out the NL West at number one. Giants are 12 and a half games back. Diamondbacks, 12 and a half games back. Padres, Rockies, you're sitting at the bottom of the NL West, boys. In the NL East, Braves sitting at number one. They have a massive lead over the Phillies, 13 and a half games. Marlins, Mets, Nats going to the American League. Baltimore in the American League East. The young team possibly even talking about getting up. Jackson Holiday, what? Folks, what Jackson Holiday is like 19 less than that. He's only been in the minors for like a year. They're gonna call him up, but also the kids hitting fucking lights out. I mean, seriously, the minors this year, what is happening? Skeens is doing really well in the minors, number one overall draft pick. Dylan Cruz is hitting number two. He from he was the number two overall draft pick in the nationals organization, he's hitting like 380. Um, who did I see the other day? The Angels are looking to call up a minor league prospect. He was hitting 370 in like 17 games. I mean, shit. Everybody is kicking ass in the minors that have been draft picks, it seems like. Baltimore, you guys, like I said, are holding the American League East strong. You guys are two game ahead, two games ahead of Tampa. Blue Jays sitting at nine and a half back. Red Sox, and then this is the best thing that I have seen in baseball in years. below 500 if you guys want a total win percentage 480 if you guys want to know how big the smile is on my face because you can't see with the camera off right now and you guys are listening to this audio my smile is ear to ear I am grinning so hard at this love it love 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 to all you Yankees fans out there I'm so sorry really not but oh that's a good time Going to the Central, Twins, your six games up on the Guardians. Tigers, White Sox, Royals. Sorry, boys. Royals, you can get them next time. Maybe. This has been the biggest conversation I think we have had on this show in the MLB. The gap is thinned. The gap was close enough to begin with, but this gap is thinned. The Rangers still hold a number one spot in the NL West at 72-55. and 55, One game up on the Mariners. Also, only one game up on the Astros. But also, the Bo Sox beat down the Astros earlier. So, then you got the Angels and Oakland. Should I say Las Vegas? To be more blunt. But the Rangers, we've talked about this. They did not look like they could potentially be that team to finish at the end of the year at top of the NL West. Now, there is still a couple of weeks to play to get into September and to start kind of getting into the postseason. There's a couple more series to still go. There's like three or four. This is going to be interesting to see the Rangers kind of, how they power through this. Because we'll take a look here. This also really hasn't helped them. You're on a seven-game skid. Big time. Big time seven-game skid. Which this is the first time I'm also kind of looking at this, so bear with me, folks. I, I apologize. Should I be more prepared? Absolutely. Am I not? Yep. Four-game series against the Twins. You lost game one earlier today. Got game two, three, and four this weekend. I think that hopefully they can pick it back up and kind of make some running. The Twins are also kind of hot at the moment. Then you got the Mets. Twins once again. Oh, there's plenty more baseball to be played. What am I looking at? Three or four series, my ass. There's still plenty of games to be played. Oh, my lord. Gosh, guys, I am really effing this one up, aren't I? So, Mets, Twins, Astros, you need to at least take two out of the Astros. Oakland, you should be able to sweep. You need to at least take two, if not three, out of four against Toronto to be able to keep that hold, and you need teams to lose kind of along the way. Last two teams that you face at the end of the year are literally Seattle for a three-game series at home, Angels away, Seattle away. That's going to be tough. Seattle's, Seattle's knocking at the door for you. Now, we'll go to the wild card, because this is what everybody's been talking about. In some leagues, it's a little, or in some divisions, it's a little bit harder. Tampa, you're sitting at six plus. Unless you guys have a major breakdown, don't see you really moving. Currently sitting at the number one and two spot, or currently sitting at the two spot for the National League, or for the American League in the wild card. You've got the Mariners and you got the Astros. Now, this is also pending on if Texas does not, if Texas wins, these two teams still sit there. Toronto, you're etching your way back into this ball game. You're one and a half games back from the Mariners and the Astros being in that number two spot. Bo Sox, you guys are three and a half. It really helps that you guys beat Houston today. Yankees, ten games back. Bye. Angels, bye. Guardians, Tigers, Royals, White Sox, Athletics. See ya later. Now, this is the fun one, because this has been a gridiron battle. Oh, like I said, Texas, gosh dang it, I've kicked this trash can twice. Texas, if you guys can hold, more power to you. Going to the National League. Phillies, Justin Turner, or Trey Turner, excuse me, absolutely lighting it up. He was really not having a good good series, good couple of games after the All-Star break. Since the Phillies hyped his ass up, well, Trey Turner's delivering. Phillies delivering. They are currently on a one-game skit at the moment, but they have been hot. Two and a half games up in the wild-card standings. Cubs with a big win today. Can they take the Pirates through the rest of this series? I sure hope so, even though it's in Pittsburgh. I still hope they can. Cubs, your guys are half a game up. Cincinnati Reds, you guys are sitting at even. So the Cubs right now currently, I'm happy. My uncle's happy. My family's happy. We might get to watch some postseason baseball. Did I just jinx it? I freaking hope not because I know the curse of the Cubs. So, knock on wood. Might as well just knock on my empty skull. Cubs, you guys are sitting at half a game up. Reds, you're even. Half a game back of the Giants. Half a game back of the Diamondbacks. Perfect. Those are still two teams that I find very dangerous. The Reds, I find incredibly dangerous with Ellie De La Cruz, Joey Votto, And a handful of other guys. I find that team extremely dangerous. I find the Giants dangerous. Diamondbacks. Marlins have been kind of pushing back. Falling off the board. Padres, falling off the board. The Mets were really knocking at the door. Falling off the board. Nats. Guys are eight games back. Gotta pull a big win out of your ass for that one. Pirates, 10 back. Cardinals, back. Rockies. Big time, bye-bye. These games are a lot closer in the National League cuz here's the biggest deficit in the National League for the wild card. <laughs> 34 and a half games back. or in the American League for the wild card. In the National League it's only 18 and a half. If we're looking at power or if we're looking at just kind of standings all around throughout the league. If my laptop wants to actually function properly, thank you. Thank you. In the American League, your top 2 or your top 4 teams. Orioles, Rays, Rangers, Mariners. That's solid top 4. Orioles are currently two two games up on the Rays, seven on the Rangers, eight on the Mariners. Braves, number one in the National League, followed by the Dodgers, Brewers, Phillies. That's your top four. Cubs, you're kind of sitting there. Now let's take a real look at the big deficit here for the last teams in both sides of the league. Oakland, 42 and a half back. Oof. Rockies, 34 and a half back. Not as big of an oof, but oof. Oh, my Lord. Baseball's a fun sport, man. It'll be so painfully cruel to you one day and so genuinely gracious to you the next. It's all a matter of how you take it, how you play the game. But folks, that's it. That's kind of all we got. It's been an hour and 15 minutes with only one person. Can you believe it? I talk for a long time. I can talk for as long as you want to. Don't have a conversation with me and crack open a couple of beers because you'll you won't leave that rocker till three in the morning. I'll tell you that right now. You won't leave that fire till probably three in the morning. But I do have to get to work tomorrow. I do have to move tomorrow. So with that being said. We talked about everything, college football back, NFL coming back, MLB just rolling like a river. So we love to see it. Sports is coming into that big time where everybody's going to start playing at the same time. All leagues are going to be there. The main ones that really matter to us on the show are in. That's okay. I'm sorry for the whispers. I feel like that's ASMR to you guys, and if you guys got cringed out by that, I really did too. Ugh. Ugh, my skin is crawling. I don't like that. I'm so sorry, everybody. Well, like I said, that's kind of it. And the next time you guys see me, it's going to be a little bit. So kind of give you a life update, like I said earlier. um, Moving to Winterset, starting tomorrow. That should be pretty fun. By tomorrow, I mean October, or oh, October, August 25th. I'm moving back to Winterset. Should be kind of in that new apartment, get my Wi-Fi set up and everything. By the time I get back, so I'm leaving... The 27th of August, so Sunday, going for a, to film a fishing trip in Wyoming, and then we're going on a hunt um, in Colorado as well. That one's literally going to be two weeks in Colorado, so that's going to be super, super fun. I'm excited. I'm stoked. Um, it's just going to be a big old blast. I get to go to a couple of states that I really haven't been to ever um, been to Colorado once, technically not, I'm not really counting it. I am counting it because I was there for a whole day and got to experience Denver. But at the same time, it was literally there for a day. It was a fun trip, don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved it, and I loved being in Colorado. I'm just the person that, especially with my camera and especially with my opportunities and especially with just how I am as a person and just an outdoors person, I really love to hike and just walk around outside. So I'm actually excited to get to go in Colorado for that. Wyoming, never really been to Wyoming, never, I've driven through it on the way back from Colorado, but I really haven't like stopped, like I said, so I'm excited to do that, and it's going to be in the river, so it's going to be absolutely exciting, I'm stoked, and then the next time you guys see me, it probably won't be until the weekend of September 20th and after that, so we hope you guys have enjoyed my last kind of podcast for a while, Hopefully, if you guys have made it to the last or the last few minutes of this at the hour and 17, we love you guys. We can't thank you guys enough for everybody that listened, even at the beginning of the show that kind of cut out, or anybody that really listens to the show, we absolutely love and appreciate it. Anybody that comments on our socials, follows us on socials, we love it. You guys are helping us out. We just like to do this for you guys and enjoy our time doing it. Um, just some guys being dudes and drinking some beers, talking some sports, talking some music, going down some rabbit holes, playing some video games. What else could you want for a life at this point? I mean, seriously, that's just the absolute bliss of it. And just to get through my just soapbox here and my rant, I wouldn't say rant, just my soapbox and my heart-to-heart moment, my life-to-life moments. We'll let you guys go. So hopefully you guys have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the last half of summer. If you guys went to the Iowa State Fair, hopefully you guys enjoyed that as well. For all our listeners everywhere else, if you guys had your state fairs or whatnot, county fairs, hopefully you guys absolutely enjoyed those. Um, If you got it coming up, make sure you get to them. Go get some friends. Go have some fun. But with that, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy your weekend. It's going to be hot. It was hot as hell here. It was hotter than Satan's ass that's a weird comparison all right whatever everybody knows um hopefully you guys are able to go out spend some time with some family get on the lake get on the river get on the boat get in the pool do something stay warm or stay cool how do we stay cool we drink some ice cold bush lattes please sponsor us with that guys this episode of the covered show is coming to an end have a good weekend and we will see you all very very soon.